Welcome back to the Celtics Rise Up podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Justin Lowe, a.k.a. Celtics Rising. Welcome back to the second episode of the podcast. If you're not already subscribed to the Celtics Talk Weekly, that's my other podcast. Go subscribe to that right now. We're approaching 1,000 subscribers on our YouTube channel, post-game shows, uh, interviews, uh, podcasts, all going out, all types of fun, exciting content going out up on the Celtics Talk Weekly page. Listen, this second episode of the podcast, the first episode came about a month ago. Uh, it was kind of just a test run. I got some great feedback on it, so I appreciate it if you listen to it. Um, but this, I guess, this time it's a little different right now because we're at the end of September, which means training camp is just a week away. Preseason is a week and a half away, and the regular season is now just under a month away. The Boston Celtics plan to open up their regular season October 25th in Madison Square Garden. This is the second time in three years Boston will open their season in Madison Square Garden. The first time around, just a couple of years ago, the 2021-2022 season, Celtics did not win that game. It was a double overtime thriller. If you remember, Marcus Smart hit that game-tying three. Jalen Brown hit that near-half-court shot, but it wasn't enough. As Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier, out of all the people, we're able to take down the Boston Celtics in game one of the 2021-2022 season. Hopefully that goes a little bit differently just a month from now. But listen, we're a week from training camp, as I mentioned. The Celtics have gone through some more signings, some more training camp deals. And I just wanted to really start and talk about how well-constructed this roster is that Brad Stevens has put together so far in the offseason. Now, I want to begin by saying this. A lot of people don't think this Celtics team is deep. Even Celtics fans, this team's not deep. This team's not going to get it done. Blah, blah, blah. Why? Why is it? How isn't it deep? A lot of people can't answer that. I'm going to give you why I think this team is this team is well constructed, this team is well built and why this team is certainly deep. First and foremost, we're going to go here and look at the roster. I have it pulled up here. This is now remember, Celtics do have a couple non-guaranteed deals. So as as the 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 rosters are, I guess there's no roster spots left, but at the same time there there's not all like Luke Cornette isn't guaranteed, Delano Banton's not guaranteed. Um, I'm not too sure if Lamar Stevens is guaranteed yet. I don't know the details on his signing, but there are certainly spots to be taken if these guys do not make the final cut, do not make the final roster. Uh, but there's a position that I want to start with and and I, I really want to go in depth and talk about this position because I feel as if we were so blind this off season at the guard depth, um, you know, especially with it being shaken up with Marcus smart leaving in June. Um, we were also a little bit concerned at the center position before the Chris F. Porzingis trade. Now I think the Boston Celtics are well set on centers. Um, yeah, they're in. Yeah, Porzingis, uh, Robert Williams, they could be injury prone. Al Horford's going to be 38 by the time April rolls rolls around. But for now, I really think the Celtics have a, a very solid center rotation, very solid guard rotation. Uh, Peyton Pritchard's going to get some amazing minutes at guard. You can even shift Delano Banton at guard. 6'7", 24 years old, thrown there in the point guard. But it's the forward position. This is a position where the Celtics lack depth for the past few years. Going back to the 2021-22 season when the Celtics went to the finals. If you remember, Jason Tatum was gassed. He was absolutely gassed in the NBA finals 
one of the worst performances we've seen out of Jason Tatum in his entire career. We know that. He had nobody back him up. Sam Hauser, he was a rookie that year. Around the trade deadline, Celts have five wide open spots on the roster. They converted his two-way deal to a standard contract deal about halfway through the season. Sam Hauser came on with the team. Never really found himself consistently in the rotation. Never really found himself really acclimated into Celtic basketball, into that uh, steady rotation. At least last season, uh, he came to life. Uh, I'd say breakout year, but he's only been in the league a year and a half, right? Uh, but Boston clearly saw something. They extended him uh, last offseason, and he stuck around, had a much better season last year, definitely getting stronger defensively. Uh, he played 80 games uh, last year. Um, that's what it says on here, at least the website. I don't know how accurate that is, but uh, he averaged 6-2 and in, uh, in one assist per game. Phenomenal three-point shooting, one of the top shooters in the league percentage-wise. The center depth, though, or excuse me, the forward depth that year was just off. Aaron Neesmith couldn't find his way. He was later traded that offseason for Malcolm Brogdon. Then shift forward to this this past year. I mean, Hauser was good, as I just mentioned, but that's really all we had at that at, at that forward slot. We had a few 10-day 10, 10 contract guys go through. None of them really stuck. We traded uh, Justin Jackson at the deadline for Mike Muscala. We really didn't have that depth at this position. I think Brad Stevens did, I would say, an A-plus job. I would. I would definitely highly say an A-plus job at going after and attacking that three, that third position, that forward position. Sam Hauser, he signed, uh, he kept Sam Hauser, signed Svi Mikhailuk, uh, who, who is a uh, sharpshooter out of Charlotte, uh, 26 years old, six foot seven, a lot of six foot seven guys on this roster. He signed, uh, he signed Jay Scrub. Jay Scrub played two, played three, six foot five, 23 years old. He's on a two way deal. Uh, Lamar Stevens, 26 years old, 6'6". Jordan Walsh, the 19-year-old rookie, 6'7", out of Arkansas. Uh, Boston's draft pick, instantly fell in love with him in the summer league. Boston has a four-year, $7 million deal with him. And then, as well as O'Shea Bursett, at 25 years old, he could also slot at that two-guard as well, that forward position, 6'7", 25 years old. Uh, known for his defense, very athletic. Uh, could shoot the three ball very well, a little bit inconsistent last year, but uh, he averaged six, three and one in, uh, in last year's regular season with the Indiana Pacers. Now, all those guys I just listed are so interchangeable, so interchangeable. Banton can play the guard, could also play the forward, one of the taller point guards in the league, six foot seven, 24 years old out of Raptors. Toronto gave up on him. Toronto absolutely gave up on him. Uh, Raptors fans, I've seen Raptors, Raptor pages, just comment section flooded of how Delano Banton was improperly used and he was not given time to develop. Um, But I just think you go down the list, Banton, he could play the two, he could play the three, maybe even slot him at the one in some occasions. O'Shea Brissett, the two, three, maybe even you want to play small ball, play him at the four. You can say the same thing with Jordan Walsh, the 19-year-old rookie guard. Lamar Stevens, who is an absolute havoc on the defensive end. Jay Scrub, who, in my opinion, watch Jay Scrub in the Summer League. Go look at his Summer League highlights. So, so good. And we had Coach Rob Lee, who who is a close friend and a close coach 
with Jay Scrub on the podcast, the Celtics Talk Weekly podcast, about a month ago. And he was saying how when Jay was prepping for Summer League, he wasn't prepping to run the one guard. He ran a lot of one guard for the Celtics in the Summer League off the bench. Beautiful, beautiful basketball player. Get the ball in his hands, get up and down the court. Uh, very athletic. He could shoot the three. He can get inside, uses his body really, really well. Um, Svi Mikhailuk. Um, Mikhailuk, a little bit, little bit of a, a liability on the defensive end. Great passer, uh, great sharpshooter. He's known for his sharpshooting. Then we know with Sam Hauser how well he could shoot the b- basketball. I mean, he just shoots it nothing but net every single time. Even his misses look great. The point I'm getting at with all these guys, you can go anywhere. You need defense? Go with Stevens. Go with Walsh. Go with Brissett. You need some offense? Go with V. Go with Sam Hauser. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown at that uh, at those two wing positions have tremendous depth and tremendous, tremendous, tremendous time right now to really take the leadership, right? I don't think they've had that. I know that actually, I'm going to say, I know they haven't had that. They have not had this much depth around these guys for them to take their rest and for the Celtics to consistently win. I do think the Celtics can, can consistently win with this constructed roster. I think it's very, very well balanced. Um, I'm looking at J.D. Davison. We're going to get to see him in the five preseason games. He's on a, a Celtics signed him to a two-way deal. He looks solid in, in, in the summer league. A little bit concerning with his turnovers. Uh, he had a 10-turnover game. I guess, you know, preseason, that's time to make those mistakes. But at the same time, um, he's so fun to watch, and he's, and he's such a good guard to watch in the G League. Uh, I'm hoping that he has a very well season, and he can produce something for the Celtics as well. As I, I, I mentioned... I'm very happy with the 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 guard the guard depth. I don't know what's going on with with Malcolm Brogdon, um, but I, I'm very pleased that Derek White's going to be our starting point guard. I'm very pleased that that Malcolm Brogdon, if he does stick around, he's going to be our our two guard, our backup guard. And I'm very pleased that Peyton Pritchard is going to be able to finally have his opportunity to step up and produce. Will he? I'm not sure. I hope he does because he's worked incredibly 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 hard and i don't want to you know he's six foot one but i'm not playing that six foot one game i'm not playing always too short to do this because i'm a celtics fan i dealt with isaiah thomas for two and a half years or however long it was and isaiah thomas was one of the greatest celtics in recent history so you know i'm 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 very happy with this roster it's very well balanced i think you go a ton of different ways with this team you can see a ton of different lineups Another thing that we we talked about yesterday on the Celtics Talk Weekly podcast when we recorded is is the amount of different lineups that we can use, right? Like, I feel like as Celtics fans and just, you know, in general, we haven't really been able to debate a starting lineup. We haven't really been able to have a, a, a appropriate argument about a starting lineup like we have with this one. You know, we, 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 we know the four. Right, we know the core four. We know that Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Chris Porzingis. We know those guys are going to start, but who's going to start in that five spot, or who's going to start in that four spot if South decide to go small and they throw, uh, they throw Porzingis at the five and throw somebody in at the power forward? Al Horford, Robert Williams, Rob mentioned Lamar Stevens, which at first I wasn't so high on it. But now I look at him and I look at how well he plays on the wing defensively. 
shoot the three. That wouldn't be a terrible option. Consistently, though, I think Boston... Here's what I think. This was an argument on the Celtics Talk Weekly podcast. Because there's two things. There's there's a lineup that I want, and there's a lineup that I think is going to happen because it fits Missoula's play style better. The, the lineup I want is I, I want Robert Williams in that starting lineup, and I want Robert Williams getting back to Robert Williams. Uh, I want Rob to get back to his minutes, right? Like I want him to be playing upwards of 25 to 30 minutes a game. I don't want to see maybe even, you know, 28 to 32 minutes a game. I don't want to see... I don't want to see the 15 minute games anymore from Robert Williams off the bench, especially when he's healthy, right? Like I get it. Um, you're trying to make sure an injury prone player gets to the playoffs healthy. I get that. And I totally, you know, I, I understand, but I want to see more of Robert Williams. This is the first off season that we've had where Robert Williams is healthy. He's been in the league, what, six, seven years. And this is the healthiest he's been. And he's actually had, he's going into training camp with a healthy leg a healthy knee, healthy ankle, foot, whatever he injures every single year, he's going into it with healthy. So I think it's going to be very important for him. And I think I think Robert Williams in that starting lineup is the lineup I would go with. I think that's the best five players you can put on the floor at once. But the way I see it going, I wouldn't it would look, it wouldn't shock me. I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I I hate the deal. I'm not saying I support the deal, but with Missoula ball, Missoula likes to run. Missoula likes to shoot the three, and he likes to play five out. Al Horford and Chris Hasporzinga is two of the better shooting centers in the entire league. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like that's the way Missoula goes. I I I would hope that he puts the best five players on the floor, but. It wouldn't shock me if we start, saw a starting five of Al Horford, Chris House, Porzingis, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and Derek White. It wouldn't shock me. Play five out both ends. So fluently play five out on both ends. But again, Al Horford going to be 38 come playoff time. How are those knees going to be come playoff time if you start in the 82-game season? Probably not going to play all 82 games, obviously, but you're going to be that main starter. Is he going to be able to hold up? But then you go and you sit there and you question, well, yeah, Horford and Porzingis, that'd be nasty to play five out, and that probably goes with Missoula's game plan. But again, with the whole five best players thing on the floor, putting Robert Williams in there, that all that versatility on the floor, that might be the better option for Boston. I want to see Robert Williams back in the starting lineup just as much as you do at home. I want to see Robert Williams healthy, and I want to see – I think – you know, we're, we're, I, I said this on the podcast again last night. You know, I think Robert Williams is a key to success. Everybody's talking about the Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Obviously, yes. Chris Hasporzingis, obviously, yes. But this is the first season in six to seven years we've had a healthy Robert Williams. And when, we, when, when Rob's healthy, we know he's a top-ten center in the league. Dare I say top five? That's kind of, that's, I don't know. But he's an unbelievable center at both ends. Saw him working on his mid-range game. Possibly corner threes. We don't really need him to do that, though. If he could pick and pop at that free throw game, like a, like a Brandon Bass. Remember Brandon Bass? That'd be sweet. 
but he's a great rim rocker. He could defend the rim. He's a great rim protector. He could play around the perimeter on the defensive end. I say when you get to that starting lineup, I say go with Rob. I don't know if Missoula says let's stick with Missoula ball. Live and die by the three. Let's go Al Horford. I don't know. Boston, the players have seemed to really, um, uh, you know, key in on defense this year. Boston lost that identity last year. They lost their defensive identity. I definitely think as the season got on, their defense got better for sure. But did it get back to that Ime Udoka level? No, it didn't. It didn't get to that. But if we could find a way to, and I hate to compare coaches because Missoula, I mentioned earlier, you know, with the the whole coaching staff thing, you know, he didn't get to pick a staff. He had Ime Udoka's staff. But if we can find a way to get Udoka's defense in Missoula's offense, this team is going to be untouchable, absolutely untouchable. But for now, I would say Boston, I would say, I, I look, like, the, again, I mentioned it. This is the first year. I, I, I'd always say this. Every, oh, we're so deep. This is the first year I legitimately think uh, in the Tatum and Brown era that we've had this much depth and we've had this much versatility and we've had this much kind of debate. Right, like debate who's starting, who's coming off the bench, what who's playing in this lineup, who's playing in that lineup. Like five preseason games gives you plenty of time plus training camp to determine what's going on when we hit the floor October twenty fifth against the New York Knicks division game win. Right. Um I just I'm amped for this season. I am absolutely amped for this season. The podcasts are going to be coming frequently. I've, I've, I've thrown around the idea of a post game pod in that in my brain. Um, I work five days a week, six days a week. I have a radio job as well. I, I, I worked, I worked Sunday mornings at the radio for a few hours uh, on a on a high school sports show. So you know, Sunday afternoons, I could definitely pump out a pod. I'm still trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out the the schedule of the pod, um, what I want to do and what I want to commit to, uh, because I'm also doing Celtic Stock Weekly, um, as I mentioned. But um, you know, I'm still I'm still having fun with this. I'm still learning, um, and it, it, it's been a great time. Um, I moved into I moved into an apartment this past June, so I'm I'm settling in. But I I think it's it, it comes in perfect timing for the Celtics to come out and start this preseason. And, and for the content to keep rolling over on Celtics Rising, um, we're nearing uh, 21.2 thousand followers, which is just incredible. Um, you know, the following is starting to go back up. Um, I don't look too much at the numbers, but when I've taken the two-year break and, um, you, you know, you definitely pay attention to the numbers a little bit, trying to figure out what you guys like and what you don't like. So I certainly appreciate um, all the feedback and all the, um, all the support. But... Uh, yeah, there's definitely going to be uh, another podcast. This is Tuesday. There, there, there will be an ep- episode every Tuesday. Um, I'll record Tuesday, whether that gets up Tuesday afternoon or Wednesday morning. Um, I'm not too sure what the rest of whatever the rest of my Tuesday looks like. Uh, but listen, the Celtics are going to be a fun, fun team. By the next time I'm talking to you guys on this Celtics Rise Up podcast, we'd begin training camp, media day, and... By then, by the next weekend, we'll be playing a preseason game against Philadelphia 76ers. 
So uh, I'm, I'm going to be very excited for that. Um, yeah, this has been another, this has been the second episode of the Celtics Rise Up podcast. If you don't mind, make sure you like and subscribe. Make sure you follow me on social media at Celtics Rising, uh, at Celtics Talk Weekly on Instagram as well. Uh, go listen to my podcast over there with Rob and Ian as well. Like I said, we're going to be bringing back the post-game shows, podcast interviews, all that. We're going to be trying to get access to the TD Garden as much as possible this year. But until then, I'm Justin Lowe. Thank you very much for listening.